Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 84 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're listening. In this episode, I had the pleasure to sit down and talk to Dee's footy fan and uh, son of Dee's premiership player, Frank Davis. I talked to Tony Davis, who lives here in the States. Tony lives in Minnesota and has played an integral part in the Minnesota freeze of the USAFL for quite some time. And uh, it was great to talk to him. It was great to talk some D's footy with him. Uh, we had this discussion last week, and i am been working at getting all of these episodes out, and I have, I think, one more behind this one that I need to edit and get released. I did not get to every club in the 18. I uh, tried to get a few more, but was not able to set up interviews and that sort of thing. So, well, did the best I could, and we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll do a, uh, a mid-season discussion with some of those clubs and see where they happen to be. But, uh, you know, we talk, you know, Tony and I talked about uh, the comings and goings on the Ds, and uh, we also spent a little bit of time talking about his dad's great career with the Ds before he became a, a key part of the Hawks' premiership front office. And before I get into the interview, folks, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, Everett H., and to Tim at Attention to Detail podcast, which is a Demons podcast. Guys, I truly appreciate it. It, yeah, I, I, I'm overwhelmed that with, uh, with, with what happened today, and I, and I thank you for that. It was, it's terrific. I'm, I'm trying to put out as you know good a product as I possibly can. You know, it's been a little hectic this uh, last couple of weeks here because. Uh, I don't know if I bit off more than I can chew, but uh, I sure have been chewing a lot here the last couple of days. So it's been a lot of fun, though. I've talked to some fantastic people. I had a couple of interviews that uh, that I conducted where I spent more time talking with people with the microphone or with the recording apparatus off than I did with talking with them on. And I talked with them on for quite some time. One of these interviews that I did, I think I talked to somebody for about two hours before we did our one hour interview. It was just, it was amazing. We talked about so many different subjects. These are folks that I think that I want to talk to again, pretty much everybody that I talked to you, this was, this has been an absolute wonderful experience. You know, I know that, uh, it's great to talk to, uh, you know, to podcast hosts and that sort of thing. And I love being able to help to get their show out there in front of uh, more, more sets of ears. Uh, so hopefully I'd like to get my show out in front of more sets of ears, that sort of thing. But it's also fantastic to, to just meet with people that otherwise I may never meet in person. Because, you know, I'll be honest with you, most of the people that I've spoken with on the podcast, through Zoom, that sort of thing, I may never get a chance to see them face to face. I hope someday that I do because I've met some absolutely terrific people. I'd love to shake their hand if we're still allowed to do that after, uh, after COVID is all taken care of. But it's, uh, this has been just... A delightful experience. This this whole podcast that I've been that I've been working on here, it's just great talking with people who love this game, who want to help me learn more about it, uh, allowing me to get to provide my insight on on what I know and what I don't know. And if you if you haven't had a chance to listen yet, I uh, just a little while ago I did release my my live episode that I recorded on Monday evening, the Ides of March. Uh, it was my uh, ladder prediction for this year, and I think I made some people not real happy with me but as i posted in the uh, description every team had to have a spot okay every team had to have a spot and there are several prime numbers that uh people don't want to be occupying okay so i'll leave it at that i'll let you give that a listen and see what your thoughts are don't hate on me too much okay again and please don't go placing wagers based upon my ladder predictions okay because let's be honest folks I'm still learning the game, okay? I do want to wish, uh, I do want to encourage each of you to uh, to consider signing up for the mailing list. One of the things that I do with the mailing list is when I do a live episode like I did last night, I, I send out that uh, that link to that right into the mailing list initially, and hopefully some of the people will come on from that. And I believe about half of the people that, that were on the podcast last night did come from the mailing list. So that was terrific. I got a chance to talk to a couple of people on there. I uh, talked to Harper in Melbourne, and I talked to uh, to Rob in California, who's a Saint supporter. So it was great to interact with, with people in different parts of the world to talk about their clubs. So if you want to be part of that, there's like a four-question quiz, or not quiz, a 
I have to take my teacher hat off right now. It's a little four-question uh, document uh, Google form in the show notes that you can click on and uh, and fill that out, and I'll get you to the uh, get you on that list. And when a new episode comes out, it'll be in your uh, mailbox before it gets onto Apple Podcasts or it gets onto the Podbean app or wherever you listen to your podcast. It'll be there first. All right. So I hope you'll check that out. I hope you'll uh, consider uh, taking a look at the. Uh, Buy me a coffee page and the Redbubble storefront. Maybe you uh, want to pick up a, a Yank on the Footy t-shirt. If you didn't see that, I had uh, somebody pick one of those up recently and put that up on the uh, Twitter page as well. I think on my Facebook page as well, sharing that. So go ahead, sit back, and enjoy. I hope you you have fun with the episode. It was a lot of fun talking with Tony about the D's. He's a very passionate supporter, and uh, I think you'll like it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and we're back for another interview here, and I have uh, the distinct pleasure of having as a guest a person who has had many hats that he has worn as a, uh, a footy fan, being a fan himself, being the, the son of a former AFL player, being the founder of a USAFL club. Uh, this gentleman is absolutely a, uh, a, a person in footy that definitely should be listened to because he's got a lot of expertise from coming from a lot of different directions. So ladies and gents, I'd like to uh, welcome the founder of the Minnesota freeze, Tony Davis to the podcast. Tony, thanks for coming on today, sir. Craig, uh, wonderful to meet you and uh, love talking footy. So uh, let's have some fun here. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I've been, I've gone through a bunch of these in the last week, but uh, you know, we were talking a little bit off air uh, for those of you who, you, know, you can't see the video because I'm not releasing the video. He's he's wearing his Pittsburgh Steelers shirt, and I've got my Cleveland Browns hat on here. So we've uh, we've kind of <laughs> talked a little bit of smack there, but we came to we came to one conclusion: we both hate the Ravens. So that's right. <laughs> so that's working out pretty well for both of us there. That's so, friends. Yeah. So before we dive in here, um, yeah, before we start talking about the the demons, can you tell us a little bit about the freeze and how they got their start and how you did that? Yeah, so I grew up in Melbourne, uh, moved to the States in, in 1990, essentially, and then uh, um, was still I was 21, and I was still pretty fit uh, coming off playing footy. I had a little run with the Hawthorne under-19s in the late 80s, and so I was still playing footy and just couldn't find anything um, in the U.S. that sort of fit the, the bill for me, uh, a physical game. I, you know, I didn't grow up on basketball or any of the obviously the, you know, the American football was not a thing for us. And, um, and so I would just, you know, my kids, I had kids pretty young and I just needed to get out and run around. So I just grabbed my footy one day and sort of head down to the local uh, park area and uh, just kicking it around and uh, to myself basically. And, uh, and then, you know, after some time, you know, the internet really was a key player here. The internet really started to kick into gear. So it was mid nineties. And, um, I, we, there was some word around that there were some teams in Kansas City and Milwaukee and some other um, uh, Midwest, I'm in Minneapolis. Uh, so um, I sort of got connected with a couple people um, in the early days. This was way before the US AFL was a thing. And, um, and through that, I just sort of bounced, ran into a couple of people that I said, hey, how about coming down and, and having a kick? And um, it was very informal and um, found a couple of other Australians in town and um, we sort of started just kind of mucking around with that and, and uh, dreaming a little bit about, you know, maybe there's, there's an opportunity to, you know, there might be an interest in this for, for Americans who, who didn't have a sport post high school or post college uh, that was physical, that was, you know, as athletic as Aussie rules is. Um, and um, one thing sort of led to the other and, you know, a few of us ended up playing in um, some sort of regional, I went, remember going down to Nashville uh, the kangaroos down there and they have hosted a grand final um event sort of mid mid 97 98 ish i might have my dates off there and uh and so yeah we um gradually just sort of grew a little bit from that and and so i i started it in that sense of of sort of getting the sort of the the, the seed planted okay. um, there are many people that took over from me uh at that point and and sort of ran with it um and um and it's a story unto itself, but it's, it's kind of cool to see those sort of things thrive still. And, and now we've got a very strong women's team. 
um, as well as as the men's teams won several premierships uh, the, with the USAFL, uh, as have the women. So um, it's one of the uh, you know, more thriving um, uh, USAFL teams, I, I'd say today. Fantastic, you know, and and you are you know you guys and is there still a club in in Milwaukee? I don't remember seeing them listed. Yeah, Maybe. the Bombers. Um, I think so. Um, okay. I, I, you know, I think they, um, and this is what happens, I think, with sort of these club type programs, uh-huh. you know, you're really relying on people doing this in their spare time. There's no right, money right. in this. This is right. for the love of the game, so to speak. And hey, uh, kind of like me doing know, a podcast. That's right. You, you know it. You know it well. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, you know, it really requires many people organizing and getting games scheduled and fundraising and um and so you know if when you lose some key people and i know milwaukee um you know they were they were the, one of the premier um AF, usafl teams in the early days uh, paul o'keefe was the president of the usafl early uh, paul was a key player at milwaukee um and i just don't know if he's you know not had the time to spend on it or, or gone into other um interests mm-hmm. and it just happens that way and, and yeah. you've seen that you see that around the country and um, and they really, you know, again, that's a podcast. I think you've done some work around the USAFL already on some of your, you know, some of your discussions. I've ta- I have talked to some people. Yes. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to get more into that, but yes. Yeah. I think once the season gets going, I think, you know, the timing for you, obviously with COVID last year, we didn't get really any games in. Uh, and so, uh, I think this year, the hope is that, you know, the, the national championship will be back, uh, in the, in the fall and, um, you know they'll get a lot of lot of interest and a lot of squads there, and um, mm-hmm. we're back 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 into it. So it'll be a fun parallel to to kind of track the AFL season with the US AFL right, season once right. things get rolling. Yeah. So you know it's it's great to you know that 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 you're part of getting that whole thing up and running, and it's it's still it's being successful now because I see I see that the name Frisch pop up on a lot of searches with the US AFL, and they've had a lot of success, and there's a bunch of their videos online from from yep. games that they've played i actually had one against the the roosters on just a few minutes ago before before we started talking here but you know we're we're coming on also to talk about uh a club that is near and dear to you the demons yeah okay yeah. <laughs> and you know i've i've been uh talking you know, and this club is is near and dear to you for you know one main reason, and as you as you mentioned off air, you kind of have a little bit of a divided household right. because you know your your dad played. If I, if I wrote it down correctly, I think 168, 158 games, 168 games with the Demons. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, over his the course of his career, uh, won a premiership his first year. That's right. Um, and uh, and for those of you who are are searching Google right now, your dad's name is Frank Davis. Frank Davis, and he later went on to become a uh, somebody who was involved in recruiting with another club that had some success as well. That's right. Yes. He uh, joined Hawthorne uh, in the early eighties. Uh, he had done so after he re- retired from playing um, with, uh, with Melbourne in 1972 was his last year. Um, he uh, went into coaching and, and we traveled around a little bit as a family, as he, as he uh, did some coaching and, and uh, they ended up uh, and he did coach uh, from, at Melbourne. He was the assistant head coach, and then in the mid seventies under Carl Dittrich and, um, and then uh, ended up uh, in the recruiting realm, uh, early eighties with Hawthorne. And we moved to Warrigal uh, in Victoria. Um, that was the district or the region that Hawthorne had, the Gippsland, Latrobe Valley region. Uh, and uh, we lived there for four or five years. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so throughout the eighties, uh, and as Hawthorne fans will tell you, that was the, uh, they dominated that decade, really. They played in every grand final uh, from 1983 through 89 um, and won, I think, four of them. So okay. um, they, uh, that was a, it was a rich period for the Hawthorne Football Club and uh, carried on into the early 90s. And then, um, and then he kept working there through – I don't know when he ended, to be honest. I had left for the States by then. Um, he still does has been doing sort of uh, recruiting for them um, on a part-time basis. He's 77, 78 now. And uh, so, um, you know, uh, I think COVID will end that probably. But, yeah. uh, you know, so, yeah, my siblings are all Hawthorne supporters. Um, and uh, it's just sort of the timing. I'm the oldest. And I, I have memories of Melbourne. And 
and uh, I was young when he played, but um, you know it was something that was in was thrown upon me, and uh, I grabbed it and have clung onto it um, for 52 years. So, uh, would you say you've clung onto it, or, th- or have you embraced it? I mean, I think those are two different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, when you haven't won a premiership since 1964. Um, there, there are years where it feels like you're just clinging on. Okay, um, that makes sense. You know, I, I think you know. Certainly, it's a, it's an, you know, it's a love. It's in the blood. I'm a member. I'm a still a member, international member. You know, I never go to a game. Obviously, I don't get to games, but I still support them uh, financially that way. And uh, and uh, you know, watch every game uh, that I can if it's not too painful. And um, you know, it's just, um, I just think. You know, we, you and I were chatting a little bit about just you know teams that just never quite get it figured out. You know, your your Browns, your beloved uh-huh. Browns, and I live up in Minneapolis, and a lot of the fans of the Minnesota teams will know this well um, that they just can't seem to figure it out. And um, and so Melbourne's a bit that way too. You know, you just you you know I I get through. I still you'll hate this memory, but the Geelong uh, semi-final from uh, I think it was elimination final maybe or semi-final from. 2018 um i got chills just from that that last quarter mm-hmm. and they didn't even win a flag it was just you know winning a final right packed, right packed mcg yeah uh beating a geelong squad who was you know probably not at their very best but still very good um it just meant a lot just to, i can't imagine what it'll be like if melbourne ever won a premiership at the at their home ground um it will be um, remarkable, and I and I hope and pray that's coming soon. Okay, and that's and that's. I think that demonstrates your 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 passion about this club. Now, I hate to be a downer here. Okay, I hate to be the. Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily the bearer of bad news, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you what would be the bad news question here, and then I'm gonna ask you. We're gonna get that one out of the way. Okay. okay. How are you going to know if this year is not a successful year for the D's? What's going to, what's going to be the indicators to tell you that? Oh, I think if, um, if Goody's Simon Goodwood fired by, you know, sacked by, you know, round seven or eight, you know, I think obviously that's going to be the, the, you know, the death now of the season. Um, if they just don't get off to a good start, the, this happened in 2019, they had such a good year in 2018 and just, they lost their first three games in 19 and, and things fell apart and um, they finished second last. They barely missed the wooden spoon, you know, which coming off a final four the year before was just, you know, unforgivable almost. Um, so I think, um, it, you know, I think for me, if it, you know, it's going to be getting off to a poor start. I think the, you know, the vultures will be coming pretty quick and, and, um, but let's, you know, again, that's the the negative yeah. view. Um, you know, it isn't helpful that a couple of their key forwards are out already. And, um, you know, um, but they need to really get off to a strong start. They don't have any room to, you know, to miss early days. They got to win those, those so you're, games. Early. So you are a, a firm believer that Simon Goodwin is on the hot seat then? Oh, he has to be. Um you know, and and I, I think the club a little bit knows this. They they probably won't say this, but they made a great. They've made two great off seasons in coaching hires. Adam Uze, former champion of the club, uh, came over, uh, came back. I think he's been at Hawthorne for a while, and um, and then um, um, Mark Williams, uh, Chucko Williams, is former Port Adelaide coach, Premiership coach. Um, you know, brought, both brought into um, really. Um, I think a support Simon Goodwin, you mm-hmm. know, with the hope that, you know, adding them to the, to the mix will, will, uh, you know, help him with some of the strategic stuff. And Alan Richardson, the former St. Kilda coach, right, right. has been there for a year or two now. So um, the, the club is putting their faith in him by giving him excellent support. So, uh, but yeah, no, he, you know, Paul Ruse, you know, I mean, the bridge from, from Mark Neal to Paul, bringing Paul Ruse in, who really just figured out, okay, we got to clamp down on the defensive side of things, play very boring Sydney Swans football, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and we'll figure out the offense later. Um, really started to see the results of that. And Goody picked up from that uh, in the first really year of his 
of his uh, head coach um, tenure and did well in the 28, uh, great in 2018. And, um, but, you know, they've just um, fallen away the last year and a half. And they really put a lot of effort into training over the, the season before from 19 to 20, um, which obviously they did not get the benefit of due to the COVID um, outbreak. And that really threw their 2020 season in, in, you know, into, they just, you know, it just wasn't, um, it, you know, they weren't good enough. And uh, so, yeah, so he's definitely um, in the top couple, probably the top uh, coach on the hot seat, I would say, no doubt. So do you, do you think, and this, maybe this analogy might work, but do you think that those coaches, you know, let, let's just say that, you know, Simon Goodwin is kind of standing at the precipice of a cliff. And those coaches are there to help hold him and stabilize him. But if things, if things don't go well, they're just kind of kind of give him that little bit of a nudge. (laughs) And then somebody steps into that spot. Yes. Uh, You know, I don't know. I, you know, this is obviously speculation. Right. Right. Just from the, from the, from the far, but I think you're right. I think um, they, they were in the club knows he's on the edge. Um, You know, I think the players like him, I think, you know, he was a fantastic player himself. I think, you know, that doesn't always mean that you're going to be a good coach. But, um, you know, I, I, I think if I'm him, I'm, I, I got to look at it from a perspective of I've got some great people around me now and, uh, and I can really use them uh, in the way. And they're going to change their way of play. It'll be interesting um, to see them, um, you know, as they, as they come out of the gates, um, mm-hmm. different style of play. Um, and I think, you know, they're going to keep their playmakers on the field. I think the interchange um, being reduced is going to uh, force a lot of clubs, actually. And you know, I've been seeing that already in the practice matches where this, you know, the champions don't come off the field. They just go park themselves uh, down on the forward line like uh, your good friend Petty Dangerfield does uh-huh. and, and Dusty Martin does. And, and, and I, I think Melbourne will do that with Oliver and Petraka and, and uh, these guys, they'll just maxi going. They'll just stick them down on the forward line. Yeah, they're just gonna have to do something different to, you know. So I think the the, the help Chucko Williams and and Anna Muse will have to to help Goody um, get what he wants, uh, get the results he wants. Um, let's hope that works. Okay. I, I'm not cheering for this. I just think, right, right. You know, it it it's been two years since the magical 2018 season. Um, you know, he's he's gonna have to get. Yeah, into the finals, into the finals this year for sure. And and let's let's move quickly beyond that. We've 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 talked about the. This is what this is what might happen if things aren't going well. Now, how are you going to know if the season's successful? What what are the indicators that are going to tell you? Okay, the ship has been righted. We're all heading in the right right direction. We're all rowing together in unison. I think it's going to be really probably two things. One, one will be. Um, the players accepting the, the midfield, which is their strength, and they've got m- many, many different, uh, many uh, numbers of midfielders that are going, you know, that they're sort of the same player in a lot of ways. Are they going to be accepting of um, being able to rotate themselves through um, center bounces, um, you know, um, whether, you know, and, and, and be willing to share that load? Um, so that's the Clayton Oliver's, the Angus Brayshaw's, the Jack Viney's, uh, the Christian Pataka's, those guys, are they going to, because they've got some young kids coming through that they want to put in them that are good, strong midfielders too, and they got to see if they've got something good there. So will that, will that rotational structure work? And then are they scoring? I mean, it's, it sounds silly to say it, but, you know, they can't score. They couldn't, they, I think they, I don't have it in front of me, but their inside 50 numbers last year were off the charts. Um, you know, they would come away most games winning the inside 50 number count and they couldn't score. They couldn't convert it into goals. Right. So I, I'm going to be watching what's, you know, what's their score? You know, I think defensively they're pretty set. You know, I, you know, they'll have some weak games where they'll give up, you know, lose, you know, they'll give up more obviously, you know, defensively and they won't win the game. But if they're scoring, that's what I'm going to be watching in those early weeks. Again, it doesn't help that Ben Brown's not out there, Sam Wiedemann. Right. Um, but that will be the key. How, you know, are they are they hitting the scoreboard? Because um, I think if they do hit the scoreboard, they will be a tough team to beat. No, I think yeah, I, th- I think the potential is there for them to be a you know a a finals club. I really do. 
Oh, for sure. But, yeah. but it's, yeah, they've got, they've just got to get all going in the same direction and they've got, you know, and quite frankly, they've got, they have to have some luck fall their way too. But you know, the bottom oh, no, no. line, bottom line, you got, you got to be able to, you know, what I've heard somebody say, you know, you, you can't, you can't score points from the defensive defensive 50. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they don't have trouble getting the ball into the offensive 50. Right. That is right. not a problem. Right. That, never, that hasn't been a problem for a while. It's converting. And, um, and so they put time and effort into that this, this off season on, uh, as uh, the stuff I've been reading and, and just hearing from some of some folks over in Australia. So, um, you know, and here's, here's see. hoping. You know, if, yeah. if Ben Brown comes back after the first month, I mean, there's a, that's a significant weapon. You yep. know, I, although I have to admit, I am getting tired of, of, you know, he never waves back. Every time he does the run up to, to take a kick and he runs past my house, he never <laughs> waves. I always run out to the front door and wave to him on the way by and he never waves right. back at me. No, that's quite rude of him. Yeah. Well, he, he comes through Ohio, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. And, uh, so he's not doing it to me either. So. Yeah. So okay. So um, I don't, yeah, but if you got your D's hat on, you might. He might now. He might now. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got my Geelong hat on, so he just kind of just just keeps right on going, head down, looking at the ball. Uh, right. No, he's yeah. he's the character, but yeah. you know, hopefully this injury will subside, and you know that it's not an ongoing thing, and you know we'll get him on the park and and kicking goals. They just haven't, you know, they just can't. They, they haven't been out of school. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I hope he comes back healthy. I mean, I don't, I don't wish any club, any, I hope, you know, clubs win their games when their premiership based upon the stuff that's happening on the grounds, not necessarily because somebody is missing somebody else. That's right. You know, yeah. It, you, want, you want to be the best when yeah. you're at the best. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, let's say that you have uh you packed up the family and you've uh, you've moved back to Australia, okay? And I have no idea if that's anything that's ever been talked about. And that's not 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 not. not if my, if my mother's listening, she'll be very happy. To hear okay, that. well, hopefully she'll listen. But uh, <laughs> you you've just been hired as the new sports editor at the Herald Sun. Okay, okay? and so Ro- Robo's working for you now. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. What what I'm is checking. what is the uh, what's the D's headline at the end of the season in the paper? Oh, that's a good one. Um, this so this is predictive in nature. Oh, it, it could be whatever you want it to be. Yes, it could be whatever you okay. want it to be. All right. Um, oh boy, that's a good one. Um, well, my expectation is that they'll play finals. I don't know that I don't think they're good enough to win it yet. Um, okay. So, you know, um, you know, they've been living, they've been doing these media, um, you know, these social media. Uh, they did a big video last year. Um, you know, I think it was like, you know, I can't remember the name of it. It was something like Return from Hell, you know, yeah. something demons you know, how related. Right, right. Um, so I think you've got to go with something along those lines because okay. when you miss the finals, when you take such a precipitous drop from fourth to eighth, the 17th, yeah. and then back up to ninth, you know, it, it, so I think it's got to be something from, you know, raised from hell or back from hell or okay. something to that because 2019 was, was hell. And, you know, and I can't even pretend to make fun of anything that happened in 2020 because that was, hell for everybody that was so, hell yeah exactly um, exactly so i think it's gonna have something to do with that and yeah you know yeah we uh, actually the the person that i talked to port uh, to from uh port adelaide and i'm not going to say what they said because i they do a podcast also and and i i told them i said you seriously should get this trademarked and and sell shirts <laughs> and yeah. i told him i said i, I only want one percent i only want one percent for presenting it here but it, it was it was a brilliant brilliant headline and you, you'll hear you'll hear it when the episode comes out, but I don't want to definitely I don't want to spoil it right now. But it just it was like it was like jaw dropping. Good, you know well, I you know I enough. I had thought something like power to the people or something of that nature, but they had one that was just it was so simple on. and yeah. it was like 
holy cow this was this was absolutely brilliant so i'm i'm looking forward to being able to share that one with with folks and and hopefully hopefully he actually does get this up in their in their storefront on their for their podcast because i i told him i said i think every single one of your supporters in port adelaide would buy that shirt i said cool. i think every yeah, single I'm one of them would it. oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's gonna i think it's gonna be a really cool one so who are you most excited about seeing coming into the club and and maybe it's ben brown and and a healthy knee but who, who's who's coming into the club and you guys didn't have a whole lot of changes this year you had a no. few but not a whole lot i'm trying to find my list here i had it called yeah. up here yeah well yeah, ben brown would have been sort of the obvious one i think because that was the, the major signing uh, in the off season um you know i think you know so along that vein i think you know we um you know um, we're gonna you know want to you know um, see what he looks like four or five weeks into it um, you know for me it's more the folks that have fallen off can they re- can they come back uh-huh. so a little bit along the same theme okay so that means Angus Brayshaw you know third in the Brownlow medal I think he was uh, second or third the year before um, you know in 2018 just sort of has fallen away um, Tom McDonald you know, apparently has, you know, sinned up and he's looked good. I saw the Richmond practice match they had the other day and he, he looked strong. He took a couple marks. Um, you know, well, Ed Langdon, who they recruited last year, carry on, you know, can Petraka go another level? Um, you know, he's already, I think, top five in the, would be in my ratings. I don't know. Uh-huh. Robo, Robo had him in his list the other day. I didn't get a chance to see it yet, but, you know, um, you know, so can, can, can those, players that have fallen away james harms would be another one can they come back um and um and you know again you know yeah for, for new recruits you know i think it, it ben brown's the key guy uh that right, they, right. they went all in on a on a forward and and they had to wasn't wasn't really a choice um they got some young rookies that they this this seems like they're they're um maybe have some potential they probably want to play early they got a couple of guys like um, Chandler and James Jordan and, and some guys that haven't cracked the, you know, the starting lineup uh, to this point, but um, mm-hmm. look promising in the practice match that I saw the other, the other day. And, and um, at the time of this recording, we haven't played the, uh, the Bulldogs match, uh, which, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see how, how some of these guys uh, roll out. So it's, it's, it's just going to be, can, can those good, to great players step up like Petraka did right right 2018 to 2019 to 2020 right. he took it up another level yeah. you know and and if they can find a few more players like that I think Levers set to that May set to that um can Trent Rivers some of these young defenders come through um it's it, it's going to be interesting to watch and, you know, you know, what you, you pretty much know what you're going to get with Clayton Oliver as well. You know, he's a yep. very, very solid player as well. So, yeah, I, there's a, there is a lot of talent on this club, but it's, as you said, they've kind of had the, the roller coaster ride. Um, yeah. When they're all clicking, it is, this, this is a powerful squad. Um, and again, I think they've, you know, again, injuries can play a key role. If, if your center spine is, is strong. So you've got Stephen May and Jake Leva. You've got Oliver in the middle. Um, and then if you've got something like Wiedemann and Brown or McDonald and Brown, um, you know, and, and I mean, you've really, you can really create from around that. And, uh, and so, you know, they are a final squad. Uh, there's no reason they're not, um, you know, can they get enough out of everybody? The, sort of the, you know, the players that are right on that edge, right. right. Just good, good, good players. Yeah, Richmond. Richmond's been successful getting those really good players up another notch, a little bit more out of them, pushes them up and above, um, and has you know resulted in in three flags. Okay. So you know that's going to be Melbourne's challenge, and I hate comparing everything to Richmond because a my best friend is probably listening to this. He's a Richmond fan, and he struggled. They struggled for many many decades. Uh, they were the club that couldn't get it done, you know, 30, 37 and, years, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, um, it can be done. And, and, um, I think a lot of Melbourne supporters are just tired of the reasons why we can't do it. And, right. and there aren't, there aren't any. Right now, um, this is going to be a bit of, you know, 
a bit of an off the wall question here. I'm going to, I'm going to ask this a little bit differently. Um, since you've been in the state since, you know, for about 30 years now, right? Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I've been asking people what their favorite, what their favorite food is when they go to the grounds for a game, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a little bit differently here. So when you find yourself at a Vikings or a uh, twins game, we're yeah. going to flip this around for the people in Australia that are listening. What's, what's your go-to food at Target Field? Or I can't remember the, the name. State. Yeah, is it M&T right. yeah. Bank Stadium? Is that? No, yeah, what's the one? Target in? Field is uh, the Twins. Yeah, stadium. that's the Twins. Yeah. I can't remember the name for U.S. It. Bank Stadium is U.S. The, Bank. Uh, I had the wrong bank there. Okay, so what's yeah. what's your favorite go-to snack there? Oh, I think you know my wife's from Wisconsin. It's a bratwurst. Um, okay, you know I think the sort of fatter versions of sausages that I grew up on in uh, in Australia. So um, you know, there's nothing quite like a meat pie. I wish they would sell them here, um, but uh, yeah, no brats. Bruts are always the, the way to go. Throw some, you know, sauce and mustard and some sauerkraut and uh-huh. a little relish and you're good to go. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that was an easy one. I think, okay, that's, yeah, that was pretty easy. And uh, yeah, I I need to go get some bratwurst now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so who do you see uh, as the, and I, I know what the, the easy answer might be here, but maybe you've got a different one here. Who do you see as the best and fairest for the club this year? Ooh. Um, well, I, if I had to put money on somebody, I think it'd be Clayton Oliver. I think he, he finished fifth last year. I think it was, mm-hmm. it was not in the top three. I know that. Um, I have a feeling in, now I'm worried because he's sitting out the practice match against Western Bulldogs with general soreness, which is a little concerning. Uh, we haven't even played a real match yet, but um, he's, you know, he's just a different player. He, he, he's, you know, he's their best player, I think. Um, even, know, even better that, than, even better than Max gone. Um, well, and Max, you know, Max and I know they play the, different positions. Yeah. I, you know, I think Max, yeah, they tied, I think, the best and fairest two years ago. Um, okay. I think Clayton's won it one year on his own. I think Max might have won it one year on his own. I can't remember. And then Christian's won it last year. Um, so, yeah, I just think Oliver maybe maybe might work off a little bit of steam off of the fact that he didn't win, win a BNF last year and, okay. and, and go over the top this year. You know, Stephen May wouldn't surprise me. You know, I think he, you know, he, he finished, I think, in the top few last year, too. He just He's as solid as it gets back uh, in the fullback position. Um, right, right. You know, so, you know, I'd like if he's somebody else that sort of comes out of nowhere, but uh, I think Oliver will be around everything. And um, he, he's coming to his peak. So um, I'm going to go with, with Clayton. Okay. Who's going to be the leading goal kicker? <laughs> uh, with a leading goal kicker with 20 goals will be, you know, seven different players. Um <laughs> I, I think you know what it, that, I, that's not necessarily a bad problem to have that's because not, that's because if, if that's the case you become pretty difficult to defend that's true that's true and they do have some good small forwards fritch and i think fritch won it last year i mean it was a short weird season but um you know I, again you know if if you tell me brown plays you know 14 games or something or 15 yeah. games then I, he should win it um okay you know, uh, otherwise, um, you know, they're going to push, like I said, they're going to push Petrarca forward. They're going to push Oliver forward. Um, I, I would hope it's not one of the flankers or the pockets. Uh, it needs to be a Wiedemann. It needs to be a Brown. Uh, it shouldn't be anybody else. Yeah. So I'll go with Ben Brown on the okay. assumption that he's going to play, Okay. you know, 15 out of 20, 20 games, 22 games, whatever. Sounds good. Uh, now, this is your opportunity to throw one of the other 17 clubs under the bus. Oh, fun. Who, who's taking the wooden spoon this year? Ooh, uh, I would say North Melbourne. I think they, um, I think they're starting over. Um, you know, I, they've gone down the David Noble road, which is very much like the Chris Fagan road. So I think, Fagan didn't, I think he won the wooden spoon his first year. Um, 
you know, just sort of cleaning house a little mm-hmm. bit and getting getting young players in and getting his system set up. I think that's likely the North scenario. I think Adelaide will be a bit better. Um, you know, people have written off Hawthorne. It's just hard for me to write Hawthorne off. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they recruited a couple of players. They got Tom Phillips from Collingwood. They got, a, you know, I mean, um, they still have some champions on that squad and you got Clarks and I just don't see them falling that far down. It's really interesting when you look at this season. You know, you've got, I think a top five would be my thoughts. And then mm-hmm. you've got sort of a bunch. You yeah. know, everyone's sort of grouped together and, you know, Essendon could, could fall a little bit. Again, they're sort of a little bit rebuilding. I mean, the teams hate to say rebuilding, but I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I think you probably could be right there, yeah. Yeah, so I'd go with North. Okay. Well, I, I still have a my North guest to come on yet, but uh, I don't a popular think it, answer. <laughs> I, well, I, it's been an extraordinarily popular answer, yes. Yeah. I'd, I don't believe anybody else has uh, selected anyone else, by the way. Uh, Although, I think one person did pick Essendon. Okay. I think one person picked totally Essendon. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, who do you have in your top four? Well, yeah, like I said, I have a five. Um, you know, no particular order. You know, you can't leave, you can't not include Richmond. Um, I think Brisbane will be up there, Port Adelaide. Um, and then it's probably, um, yeah, so that's, did I say three? You said that's Richmond, three. Port Adelaide, and Brisbane. Okay. Um, so that leaves your club, Geelong, um, and the West Coast Eagle. I knew there was a fifth club. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, also, also Geelong in there. Um, I'm worried that they are just, they've missed it. Um, Cameron will help, but you've got Hawkins. Um, uh, you know, everyone's a year older. Yeah, yeah. They do have, they do have some young, yeah, I mean, Duncan's great. And um, I don't turn in the Geelong review here, but, you know, I think that's, you know, to me, that's I always tend to write them off, and then they end up making me look bad. So, well, it's um, I think it's going to be interesting for some of the old, you know, we've talked about this with some of the other people that some of the older clubs are going to have to figure out how are they going to rest players because with 15 fewer right. interchanges, they're not going to be able to do it in game, right? You know, uh, West Coast is going to have to figure out how do we handle Nick Nat Nui with 15 fewer interchanges, yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, I just think that's where the, you know, if you look at your squad of, let's say, 22, um, and really the 18 on the field, the teams that have the, the least moving parts that they need to worry about on mm-hmm. the bottom end of their squad will be the more successful team. So, you know, if, if that's where Melbourne, I think, can be 10, 12 deep, like in, you know, good to great to elite status. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got that bottom six or eight or so that are just you just don't know about. And right. And you know, could you could like I said, you can throw your superstars, you know, if you need to rest Nick Nat, but not make him sit him on the bench, just throw him, you know, but you then you got, you know, yet a sort of very tall forward line at that point. Um yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to watch how the coaches do it. Um, um but they're gonna rest players up forward. I think that's the that's the I strategy. think that's the case. Which which is going to be interesting because it, you know, I think in, in many ways, the, the reduction in interchanges kind of counterbalances the whole idea of trying to open up the game with the standing on the mark rule, because yeah. you're, you're going to have defenders flooding back into the defensive end. If you've got people resting up there, Yeah, which is yeah. just going to, which is going to clog the defensive 50 again, which is I think what they're trying to prevent from happening. Right. Yeah, these coaches will be interesting. I think there's already been some strategies that they're trying to put in place yeah. around this these yeah. new rules. So it'll be fun to watch. I mean, I I didn't love the first practice match. I thought it was a bit too. Uh, you know, and I know I don't need these slog fests. You know, right, um, right. But I do think um, you know you don't want it just to be back and forth the whole game either. You know, um, so we'll see. I mean, 
um, yeah, yeah. It. I just wish they sort of settle on something and yeah. not keep changing it. It just. Well, you know. We we've we've discussed this in in a number of different instances that you know that that the NFL, Major League Baseball, the AFL, they change rules every year. In some cases, for the sake of changing rules, so people talk about their game in the off season. Yeah, probably. <laughs> to make to make to make them yeah. still relevant in the off season. Sure, that makes some sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I maybe that's the case, but now going to wrap up today. I have a list of questions here, and I'm letting you see all the answers right here. See all the answers <laughs> on the paper there. Yeah, okay. Well, it's not what it used to be. <laughs> now my arms aren't very long either. There, so <laughs> I have nine questions here for you. Okay, right. we'll we'll. I I think you'll do okay with these. All right. Well, we shall see. I, okay. They're not trying to be too terribly challenging here, but uh, who led the club in tackles in 2020? Ooh, um, it's somebody you've mentioned already today. Well, I would have said Brayshaw, but he got hurt. Um, I'll go with Clayton Oliver. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. All right. The I, second. Oh, go ahead. Don't ask me how many. But I, oh, 92. 92. Okay, uh, the, the young lady that plays for the um, Fremantle Dockers AFLW club. Uh, I think she had 92 tackles. Kira Myers, she had, she had 92 yeah. tackles in the first half last week. Uh, yeah, she's, she's crazy. She's a machine. Yeah, yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. AFLW has so, been fun to watch, I will say. It has been. I, I am, yeah. and I wish, and I hope more people are tuning into it. Yeah, it, the, so pro, the product on the grounds has improved tremendously. Yeah, my sister yeah. Norrell will be happy for me to say that. So I'll, I'll give okay. her a shout out. Good deal. Good deal. What are the two former nicknames of the club? Oh, actually, well, um, besides demons or including demons, because I think they had two others. Not including the demons. These are two that were from, I think, way back. Yeah, so they were the, the red legs, which they've always That's one. sort of been the red legs. And then they were sort of a color. Uh-huh. I want to say. Um, like a weird Yes, color. it is. I just can't think of it. It's, it's got to be something reddish or bluish or something. It began with an F. Oh, fuchsia. Fuchsia. Uh-huh. I can't yep. even say it. Yep. That was, that was, yeah. Well, I mean, when you're the oldest professional sports team in the world yeah yeah 18 whatever 59 Six, was that what it was? 59? yeah they wow. they in, they in geelong both in 1859 impressive that's a long time ago that yes, was it is. Yes. yeah <laughs> almost, almost as long since the browns have won something uh <laughs> boom boom yeah how many wooden spoons have been earned by the demons oh great question I'd be guessing five, maybe twelve. 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 Oh boy. Okay, I'm going to follow. Optimistic on that one. I'm going to follow that one up. I, maybe I should have asked this question first. How many premierships have the Demons won? Well, they won twelve. Premierships. There you go. They, they also won three before it was the VFL. So okay. They, they don't tend to count those. Would they make that? Probably because there was 15? like four teams in the league. Would that make it fifteen then? I will stay with twelve. That's okay. Well, I, well, I just didn't know if that twelve was including those th those or not. No, there was. There's been some debate, and actually, Geelong's a part of this too. I think um, there was a the league existed previous to the VFL. It was yeah. I think there was a handful of teams, maybe right, right. Or you know, so they don't count those 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 premierships in the in the total count. So um, just another stat for you to research when you're sitting around doing nothing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, which which player played the most games in a Melbourne Guernsey? Uh, David Neitz. Yep, yep. Three hundred and six games. He retired in two thousand and eight. Yes. Got that one. Yeah. Yeah. In what year did Melbourne go over fifty thousand members for the first time? Oh, they have, haven't they? Yes, they um... have. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, I, would guess, I would not be a jerk and make that a trick question and go, <laughs> oh, they've never gone to, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, well, it's got to be recently. So it's either, it's probably 19, 2019, just because they had exactly a Exactly right. Agent. Yep, okay. 2019. 
Yeah. I don't think they're there now, but hopefully we'll get back to it. We only have three more questions to go here. Okay. What 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 was the name of the D's mascot that was replaced by Chuck Checker and Cheeky? <laughs> I'm sorry, you got me on this one. <laughs> um, Chuck Checker? Yeah, that's what that's what it said. Oh, Chuck Checker and Cheeky. There were three different ones, I guess. Oh, I guess no, they have. I, I, I don't know the answer to this. One. Okay, I'm going to learn something. This is it. It's a uh, Ronald Demon. Or Ruck, and it was D E E M A N, so it was probably like a superhero kind of a demon. Oh, or or Ruckle, they called him Ruckle, I guess as well. Ruckle, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Would you know what era that was? Uh, it was a long time ago. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, it was before last Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, who spent the most years as the club president? Who. I'm not sure I know many presidents. I'm guessing, uh, this is a guess. He sort of had the, the whew, my dad's yelling at the. It, it's, it's a long time ago. It was during your dad's lifetime, but he probably didn't know of this guy at that time. Uh, I'm, you're going to say the name and I'm sure I'm going to know it. Um, I was going to say one of the coordinates, but I don't think, um, mm, was it, was there a Chadwick or a Chan? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, Joe, again, I'm going to look. Joe Blair, 1929 wow, to 1946. All right. Well, it's before both our times. That's right. Yeah. yeah so. I like, these are good. These are good. All right. Now here's the last question. Okay. Okay. And if you don't get this one, <laughs> If you don't get this one and somebody in your family listens to this podcast, you are not getting a birthday present this year. I can tell you that right now. Okay. All right. Who did your father kick his first goal against? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the stat about my dad, which I think is a trivia question somewhere, is he had the longest gap between, or one of the very longest gaps between kicking his first goal. And his second goal, he only kicked two. Right, right. He kicked his first one in his first game, which I think was against North Melbourne. Was that the North? Was it North? Nice. North Melbourne, yes. Yeah, I was going to say Hawthorne, but that was a later game for him, uh, like in that same first season. But he, it was like 10 years, and then he kicked – that was 1964. Yep. He didn't kick his next goal till the early 70s, maybe 72 even. But anyway, so that was some trivia question yeah. uh, that, so, that he, one of the longest gaps between, uh, between goals in the VFL. But yeah, he was, a, he was a back pocket, halfback flanker. He, he didn't go forward very often. So. Yeah, he kicked one in 64 and one in 73. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah according so to, let's see, in 73, you know, you know what? He got it out of the way early in 73, kicked one in, uh, in round two against Hawthorne. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Now he, uh, it was just not his thing. He was yeah, a he, stout defender. And, yeah, he, uh, he, had, he had eight disposals that game. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're just kind of, just a sort of a wealth of knowledge. Well, I, I have the paper, I have the, the, the document open up on the other screen here. So no, I'm not a wealth of knowledge. I just know where to look things up online. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, yeah, no, I know where, yeah, I know where to look for it, stuff. Yeah, I, I, could have, I, I could have come up with something like, you know, which year did he have the most disposals? But I, I wasn't going to do that. I, when I saw he only had two goals, I was going to ask you about one of them. And yeah, I thought, for sure. I, said, I think it was his first kick, actually. Um, I, 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 I Don't quote me on that, but I think it was his first kick in AFL or VFL. Okay. It was a goal. Cool. Yeah, you know, one, one of those sort of stories. So yeah, at least right. that sounds good. So we'll, let's go with it. And you know, do you know what uniform number he was wearing at that time? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was number he was number forty for. Yes, a he was. I do know the answer to that. Yes. Um, my son wore forty playing lacrosse uh, in college. So. Oh, that's I, very that cool. Just, it was that's very, very cool. cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So I actually knew the answer to that. And then he turned. To, he went to number six. Yep. His uh, once uh, Bluey Adams retired, and uh, he wore that for the, next the rest of his 10, Yeah. Ten years or so. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, 
I think we've covered everything that we needed to cover here today. You know, we, we, you know, we looked at the, at the schedule a little bit, uh, you know, we've, we've done yeah, everything. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, twice. It, it should set up okay for them. I hope. So. Yeah. I, I think Adelaide will be better than last year, but I don't think they're going to have enough to get enough, you know, a lot of wins. I mean, they, and they played hard last year. I think I watched probably two thirds of their games and they were, they weren't somebody you wanted to tangle with because they, they were going hard from the, you know, the first bounce till the, till the horn sounded and yep. didn't get the results on, on the scoreboard, but it was, uh, it was, it was kind of fun to see a team playing hard, realizing that, yeah, we may not get the win, but we're going at this pretty, we're going at this pretty hard. So. Yeah. yeah I, I think, you know, I think they, they got a favorable schedule, um, you know, uh, instead of when you play teams matter. Right. Right. Too, so, um, but yeah, they got to get off to a good start. That's yeah, and I and I th I think that uh, I think you're spot on in in terms of talking about how you basically said that there are five clubs kind of at the top, and then there's a, a, a cluster that could you know, and and there might be another five that could be in that six to nine or six to ten range, and then you might have another cluster that could possibly be you know that could filter back and forth between the two of them but it's i think it's going to be well and, and inevitably year. every every year there's a squad or two that you think are going to be in aren't going to be in the top five that crack in it and, right right and there's a couple up there that that's that, that you know that have some bad injuries or something goes wrong and yeah they fall out and you know uh so that's you know you know but here we are in in march just trying to sort of sort through it all yeah, and, and here's hoping here's hoping everybody stay you know gets healthy and then yeah. stays healthy because i know there are some people that are out right now but it's uh it's a lot more fun watching the game when 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 everybody's on the grounds no doubt about it yeah so ladies and gents i want to i want to thank uh, tony davis a uh, huge d supporter uh for coming on the podcast today tony i appreciate you coming on sir this was a lot of fun uh we we talked about a ton of things on here, whether it was during the actual podcast or during the uh, the off air time there. So it was a great deal of fun. I hope you had I hope you had some fun as well. That was a blast. Thanks, Craig. You do a great job. Thank and you very much. Good sir. luck with the podcast, and happy to come back anytime. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And a big shout out of thanks to Tony Davis, the uh, D supporter from Minnesota, for coming on. Tony, it was fantastic talking to you, sir. I really really enjoyed our discussion. I hope to be able to talk with you again. Uh, you know, we're not that far apart from one another. I've I've driven through Minneapolis many a time when my in-laws still lived up in Bemidji. I prefer not to do it in the wintertime again. I've, I've had enough cold weather up there. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you want to, go ahead and sign up on the mailing list. I'll get you on there so you get that new episode out when it comes out. Again, also make sure you check out the, the podcast storefront and the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page if you want to help out. That's fantastic. Um, if you got an idea for a show topic, maybe someone you think would be a great guest. I had a, kind of an epiphany uh, about uh, a show idea, and I sent out a couple of emails last night, which was kind of a bit of a, a, bit of a, uh, a banana kick, if you will. I would have said curveball if we were talking about baseball, but it was a little bit of a banana kick in terms of some... Um, possible guests i reached out to uh, a handful of people yesterday that that i don't know are necessarily footy people but they 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 are in australia they have uh they have some avenues within social media and podcasts and such and i thought they might be a great guest if they're footy supporters because uh be great to hear their vantage point on things plus it'd be great to, to plug their podcast because they're not footy related podcasts and, uh, you know, for those of you who are in the U.S., if you're wanting to learn more about Australia, I, I've got a number of different Australian podcasts that I listen to that are not footy related. And it's just really neat to get some of the, the pulse, if you will, of the country. So, you know, if you've got, like I said, if you've got an idea, shoot me a DM on Twitter, send me an email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. And uh, remember, you can find all the episodes at yankonthefooty.podbean.com. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, everywhere else. Wherever you look, it should be there. And once I finish up with the, uh, the, the preview episodes here, I will be getting all of those uploaded onto my uh, YouTube channel. I don't have those there yet. I've been so busy doing these other things, I've not been able to put them up on the YouTube channel yet, but I will get them there. And uh, again, 
You can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. If you've got any questions or comments, that sort of thing, you can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at yankonthefooty. Now, folks, we are uh, about 30 hours away, maybe 35 hours away. I'd have to do the math here. Uh, look at the look at the clock a little more closely from the start of footy. Richmond and Carlton are about 35 hours away, give or take. This is at uh, about 7.30 p.m. on the East Coast here in the United States. So it might not even be that long, quite frankly. But footy's here. The men's comp, it's here. Now, hopefully we'll figure out what's going on with this uh, this 23rd uh, player. Uh, you know, hopefully it's not something that ends up being a, if they decide to do this, that it's not a rule that ends up being abused. And I, th- I think if that happens, then then clubs should be penalized for that. I did discuss that a little bit in the live episode, so if you want to get my take on that. I had what might be a decent solution, and maybe they're already proposing it, and I just didn't see it, but it was kind of an idea that that I had for it that might work. But the men's comp is back, and don't forget, AFLW is still going strong. They've got a couple rounds left, and there's been some fantastic footy being played. And I'll tell you what, I think this finals comp, this finals uh, series this year, is going to be fantastic. They've been hitting hard. They've been, uh, you've got some fantastic goal scorers out there in the women's, in the women's comp. And uh, it's, just, it's just a dynamic game. So if you're not watching, give them a chance. Because I, I, I really think you'll enjoy it. And I really think that, it's, uh, that women's footy is, it's officially here. And I can't wait to see where this goes over the next month. Uh, or so as as the season winds down. But I can tell you, as much as I was looking forward to it at the start of this year in the AFLW, I can tell you it's probably double now because of the performance of these young ladies out on the grounds this year. And, you know, I I think they've, uh, you know, even the clubs that are struggling, I think they've earned our support. They're playing hard. I hope that they expand the uh, the fixture next year. I hope they get a couple more rounds. They get to play a few more games. I hope COVID has just gone the hell away and clubs can go play wherever they're scheduled to go play and not have to worry about state borders being locked down. They can get their games in there to schedule. But give them a listen. They're, they're, they're busting their humps out there, and they're having, they're having a heck of a good time. They're playing hard, and the quality of footy, has improved tremendously. And I know I've talked about it several times this year, and I'm going to keep talking about it because it's terrific. Okay? It is absolutely terrific. So hopefully you'll check that out. So, again, we're very close. Okay? We love our clubs. We've all got our, our clubs that we're, we're supporting, and, we're, and every single one of them is winning the premiership this year. All 18 clubs in the men's comp, they're going to win the premiership this year because we all think that about our clubs. Okay? We all think that about our clubs. But... uh Deep down, we love this game. We love this game of footy. And, it, and it's, it's, I will say it, it is the best game on the planet, bar none. Bar none. Okay? If you haven't listened to my uh, um, live episode, the gentleman that I spoke to from uh, California last night, hopefully you'll go back and listen to it, but he had, I thought, was a really funny line. Uh, he was trying to describe the game to some of his buddies and get them to watch it. And, and, and as he said it, he said, he said that footy is kind of like soccer for men, which I thought was, I thought that was kind of funny. He's, I think he's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a tough sport. I mean, it's a real tough sport. Okay. So enough of that. I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope that you will share a link to this episode or your favorite episodes or what the heck the website itself, with your friends and family on your social media. I would love to get as many listeners as possible. It's been great seeing more and more names pop up on Twitter and uh, and that sort of thing and, and engaging with me. It's been fantastic. I, I've absolutely loved that. And uh, folks, don't forget, we love this game. This is you know, we're going to have, hopefully, a normal 2021 comp this year, okay? And if, worst case scenario, it sounds like the hubs might be in in uh, Melbourne if that, if that sort of thing happens. Hang on, let me uh, touch wood there. Uh, and, folks, may your dribble kick never hit the post. Until next time, I will catch you later. 
This has been episode number 84 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Instagram or Facebook at a yank on the footy. Again, thanks for listening. And please share a link with the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, folks, goodbye. <laughs>